Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Nuns, N-O-N-E-S. What does that mean? What's going on in America? You know, we have this term, nuns. Really, which it means it's the individual who claims to have no affiliation with religion. Basically, not against it, not for it, not associated with it, not disengaged, but just nuns, kind of in the middle, often describe themselves as atheists or agnostics or non-believers or non-religious or non-spiritual or words of that type. The other day in my office, I had a young man, and this is a typical description so it's not uncommon. And in the course of my discussion with him to get to know him and to get to know his perspective on life and some of the issues that he's dealing with, and um, we were kind of meeting to get a handle on kind of how he can live his life more effectively and with less depression and with less anxiety and with a more of a sense of clear direction. So I'm asking him a whole series of questions, and I came to the question of, tell me, where is God in your life? Where is church? Where is religion in your life? What role does it play? What role has it played? Well, he interestingly responded with considerable detail. By the way, people who come to therapy like to talk on this topic. This is not a topic that they want to avoid. They want to really deal with it. So it's a topic of great interest. So he proceeded to say this to me. He says, you know, my grandmother read the Bible, lived a Christian life, went to church, and advocated for the faith. When I was in her home, she would talk to me about religious questions and issues. She took me to church. I said, okay, what about your mother? Well, my mother kind of goes to church periodically. And uh, is not particularly religious, but is not against it, but um, is kind of neutral, interestingly. So I said, what about your father? He says, well, the father is even less involved. He says, if I go to church, he's fine. If I don't go to church, he's fine with that. And if I talk about religious things, he'll talk. But if I don't, that's okay, too. Kind of almost a, a disinterest, if you will. And then I said, okay, now what about you and your sister? Well, we are agnostics. We don't have interest in religion. Religion is not part of our life. So you see here kind of this progression in a family life from the grandma to the grandchild, grandchildren. And unfortunately, this is a pattern we often find in America. We call them nuns. Those that have come to the position relative to religion that they have none. They're not against it. They're not for it. They allow you to have your religion, but don't impose one on them. They just want to live kind of a neutral life, if you will. Well, there's been a number of people that have written on this particular topic, and um, I recently was uh, drawn to some writing on the part of Dr. Mark Regernus, R-E-G-N-E-R-U-S. He's a professor of sociology at the University of Texas in Austin, and he writes on this particular topic uh, considerably and has a um, public discourse center where he deals with social issues of various kinds. And he has what he calls the five pillars of a thriving society. Now, we're not going to go through those five pillars, but societies thrive if they have a certain order, a certain component, set of components that make up that particular society. But he says one of these pillars is what he called healthy understanding of sexuality and family life. And he says it's really within the context of this pillar of understanding of sexuality and family life that family transmits, family teaches, family encourages, families bring about in the next generation character formation, values, virtues, and enduring love. Now, each of these are transmitted through a healthy family structure, healthy family 
relationships that go from one generation to the next and to the next. Not particularly change from one generation to the next, but are maintained from one generation. That's what a healthy society is about, that stability, not the decrease, not the degeneration of a particular belief set, but the encouragement of it and the maintenance of that belief set from one generation to the next. Now, the story that I told you about this young kid We have now this degeneration. It isn't being maintained from one generation to the next. In fact, it's being lost from one generation to the next. But here's an interesting thing about it. He represents it, but there are a lot of people that will say the same thing. They don't believe in religion, but they're spiritual. They believe in God. They believe there is a God. And that's about as far as it goes. They don't know much about God, and they don't pray to God particularly unless they have to. And they don't really interact with God, and they don't put their faith in God. But there is a God that have this kind of existential sense that out there somewhere, there is a God. That's kind of a deist position in religion, if you will, or theology. God is there and does something, and then he disappears and goes somewhere and parks himself and maybe reappears at another point in history. But here's the position that this young kid takes, but so many others take as well. It's the idea that there is a God. So there is some kind of a spirituality there, but there's no religion. There's no religious thought. There's no religious uh, appreciation. So I explained to him, I said, you know, religion is really having to do with the church. It has to do with the church structure. As the, you, know, you would think that you go to church and somehow that religion or the structure of that religion should put you in touch with God. But it's really two different things. One is the religion, that's the church. And the other one is spirituality, that's God. So if you have that sense of God, you're a spiritual person. You may not be a religious person. You don't go through the formalities of religion. But you are a spiritual person in the sense that you have an understanding or you have a grasp or you have a belief or you have an assumption of God being present. So that's the conversation I had with him. He represents that. And that's kind of the position of what we call a nun, N-O-N-E. There is no religion particularly. But there is this underlying sense of spirituality. But the other thing that he went on to discuss, and we uh, spent some time talking about, although he may not believe in religion, and maybe only have a very minimal idea of God. He did understand the idea that you can believe in other things, such as astrology. So none may say that they have no belief system, or they have no religion, or they have no spirituality. But in fact, they really do. They've shifted it from religion and God to astrology, so that astrology now becomes the basis on which you make certain predictions about the future, and you make certain statements as to the understanding of who you are and what you are and how you came to be and your purpose in life and how your life is going to be lived out and how it's going to have experiences throughout life, how you're going to have experiences throughout life. That idea of of, uh, astrology. And there's other kind of mythical ways of thinking and attributing events of life uh, to that kind of power or that source of influence. So, Young kids today, and this is a young kid, this is a kid just who's in the 22 years of age, um, struggling with what this whole issue is about religion and spirituality and belief and why things are the way they are and how they come to be the way they are. Now, interestingly, in the uh, writings of this professor of sociology to which I referred, he goes on to uh, discuss the trend that is taking place in America today. Now, we have always prided ourselves in the belief that America is a religious country. We are a Christian country. 
we are a people that have a understanding or acceptance or a belief or an appreciation of God, and that there is a God that enters into our life in some way and some for some purpose and somehow. But today we are seeing this belief, this unified belief as a country, diminish and diminish rapidly to the point now we are no longer really a Christian society anymore. We are no longer a Christian nation anymore. It's estimated that in the year 2043, that's 13 years from now, we are going to see 17% of the American population having some belief in God, having some estimate of a God in their life and a place for spirituality, a place for religion, a place for belief in their life. 17%. It's changing rapidly. One study showed that they studied it over a five-year period of time, from the year 2015 to the year 2020, to see what the change was. And there was a 40% drop in the acceptance of religion in the life of an individual, in the life of our country. In other words, There was a drop in the number of people that believe in God, that have a sense of godliness, a sense of religion, a sense of spirituality, and a sense of religious influence in their life personally. So we're seeing this huge drop, rapid drop, in our young people today. They are not resonating around this idea of godliness in their life, but they are resonating along the lines of other kind of beliefs other kinds of influences, other kinds of pressures, other kinds of of, um, influence in their life. And I mentioned astrology. Now, about a month and a half ago, I met another young kid in my office, and we were talking on these kind of topics. And he identified himself as being a non-believer, a non-Christian, a non-godly person, a non-religious person. And we went on and talked about that for a while. And somehow the conversation shifted to things that he does believe in and the things that he does feel that is important. And he does feel that influences the life of the individual for us as individuals in our culture. And he went on to talk about global warming. And he went on and talked about the environmental problems that are taking place within our society. And then he talked about that in the sense that he really believed it. He really had a sense of belief in this idea that our world is changing. And it's changing due to some power, some influence, which he called global warming. And because of that, our lives are being affected. Our world is being affected. And we're having difficulty living our life openly and freely. So as we continued to talk about this, he then spoke about the need to get the word out to our society, to our culture, that we need to respect this idea of global warming. We need to do something about it. We need to control it. We need to influence how it is taking its shape and how it's affecting us. And we need to somehow get a hold of this idea of global warming and do something about it. And he had a few ideas of what, you know, he might do if he owned the bank, so to speak. And uh, we then proceeded to have more discussion on this. And afterwards of our discussion and before our session ended, you know, I said to him, I said, you know, you really are religious. Did you know that? You're a very religious person. In fact, I would almost call you a prophet. I think you have this prophet image or this prophet mentality, this prophet um, uh, gumption or motivation. And he was inquisitive about that. He said, what do you mean by that? Well, I says, you know, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and Jeremiah is one example of that. I says, you know, they believe that the world was coming to an end and that they had a personal mission 
to go about from city to city and town to town and tell people that the world is coming to an end and why it is coming to an end and what that end is going to look like and what's going to happen to people when the world came to its end. And they warn people of this way that the world is going to end up. And they encourage people to believe in God and have a faith in God and in the future. Now, I said, now you're, you're a prophet. You're doing the same thing. You're not telling people to become believers in the church or in religion or in God or in faith or in like You're not doing that, but you're telling people that the world is coming to an end, that global warming is going to have a deleterious effect upon us as a society, and that means you're a prophet. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about yourself as a prophet. Is that the message that you really would live and die by? Is that the profession? Is that the way that you'd like to live your life, focusing on this problem of global warming? And live out your life warning people that the world is coming to an end and that their life is going to end in destruction because of it. In the same way that Jeremiah spoke as a prophet in his day. And so many others spoke as a prophet in their day. So here we are. We, it's an interesting idea that kids today are nuns. And they're becoming increasingly nuns. No religion. No faith, no sense of godliness, if you will, and no personal sense of godliness. And that the number among us, the number of people among us that are falling in that category is rapidly increasing to the point that in the year 2043, 2045, let's say, 15 years from now, 20, 20, 25 years from now, we're going to predict that the Christian religion in America will be accepted and lived out and appreciated by 17% of the population. We will not be a Christian nation. We will be a nation of nuns. So, there we are. Thanks for joining me today. And uh, may that be kind of food for thought for all of us. How are we living our life? To what are we committing our life? How do we appreciate the idea of uh, some sense of godliness, some sense of religion, some sense of faith in our life? and in our behavior patterns. Bye for now.